Why would God want to make the world in its sin so lost, so utterly lost that it could not find him and could not know him on its own? God did that so we would not be fooled by the wise of this world. So that knowing God would not come through the intelligent or the philosopher. Knowing God would come through an entirely different way. It would come through revelation from God. God, in his wisdom, decided to put a barrier between himself and this world. And the only way through that barrier is when he opens the door and when he reveals his word. Paul says, In God's wisdom, the world could not, did not know him. So God was pleased through what was preached to save those who believe. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. March 3rd, 2024. 1 Corinthians 1, 18-25. You might have seen how it's been in the news lately that artificial intelligence is really starting to take over in a lot of areas. And what a lot of people complain about is how it has the ability to distort reality. Maybe you've heard in recent news how it's made some somewhat humorous changes to historical figures. How, for example, George Washington, that is the the first president, looks more like George Washington Carver, a prominent scientist. Or how you see they'll have the National Hockey League, which is all men, depict a picture and generate an image of the National Hockey League famous players, including a, a woman. And those mistakes, sure, they distort history or change reality a little bit, but sometimes it can be harmful. For example, you might ask it to generate a picture of a Nazi soldier. And it will try to be diverse, and it will represent the Nazis' soldiers with women and black people. Obviously, that's a distortion of history, changing the facts. And it goes even worse if people turn to these artificial intelligence apps or devices, they'll turn to them for a robot companion or date. And it will feed them information and ideas, and it will tell them that it cares about them. Now, maybe there's nothing so wrong with that, but you're distorting reality, especially since many of those artificial intelligence dating bots are basically transgender-affirming bots that will give you many different worldviews opposed to the Christian faith. Now, all this is sometimes humorous and maybe a little bit upsetting that people would try to change reality. But what about God's Word? And what about religion? What happens when not only is history changed, but religion is distorted or changed? Well, that's something that's been going on long before artificial intelligence and image generation. It's something that we see from the very beginning of time. And that's what makes our faith so different and unique. It's a, it's a faith unlike any other because every other faith in the world has the world on its side working for it, but working against the truth of the cross of Christ is not only a program, but the devil and the world seeking to distort the truth of Christ and the message of the cross. But today we examine once more how we have a religion, a faith like any other. It's not fooled 
by the world. The Apostle Paul speaks of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First of all, he says there's a, a totally opposing side, not just culturally or politically, but spiritually, this world really has two opposing worldviews. And Paul mentions those too as he says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to the, us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Picture the world and all of its different cultures and languages and nationalities having many different ideas, but this much is going to be found across every language and culture and across time. You either have a view of the message of the cross as salvation or you have a view of the message of the cross in which you regard it as foolish and you reject it. That is, as Paul's making clear, either you are a believer and you have faith in Christ and you view Christ and his cross with glory or you don't. There is no in-between. There are those two views and to change the view any other way is to distort it. And so those who view the cross as foolishness try to change the truth. But God won't allow it. Paul says, it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. You see, this world, in all of its wisdom, even the highest learned of this world, will fall short when it comes to their approach of God and view of God in his word. God is going to frustrate the wise. He explains as he says, Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Who is wise in this world? The world has many figures that it looks up to, not just prominent scientists and inventors, but it'll look to many people as philosophers, teachers, counselors. It will regard those who turn against the cross as wise. It will say someone who has devised a plan or method for how this world came into being without a creator as a wise person. It will regard the philosopher who confuses race and gender and who separates people and causes division and hatred in the world as wise. The world, in its wisdom, also has a scholar. The scholar will look at history and they'll say, well, if I, I can just change this message about Christianity just a little bit, I think I can make it make more sense or I can make it fit my understanding. The scholar, the philosopher, the wise person of this age will take the message of God in the flesh, God working in history, and it will distort it, erase it, or change it. But God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. It doesn't matter if you're the best theoretical physicist talking about how this world came into being. It doesn't matter if you're the best archaeologist describing the events of history. The world cannot erase what God has done. God has made it foolish. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. Consider that. God in his wisdom decided to put a limit. God decided that the world that is on its own, with its own understanding, its own methods, could never obtain knowledge of the true God. God said they're fallen, they're lost. 
and they will never by their own reasoning or by their own searching find me. It doesn't matter how smart a person is or it doesn't matter how intelligent they've displayed themselves to be. They cannot on their own know the true God or find him. That's why we'll see so many other religions in this world with man-made ideas and methods for knowing God. The world will even invent pictures of God. But it can never know the true God. It always will come short of knowing him. Why is that? Why would God want to make the world in its sin so lost, so utterly lost that it could not find him and could not know him on its own? God did that so we would not be fooled by the wise of this world. So that knowing God would not come through the intelligent or the philosopher. Knowing God would come through an entirely different way. It would come through revelation from God. God, in his wisdom, decided to put a barrier between himself and this world. And the only way through that barrier is when he opens the door and when he reveals his word. Paul says, In God's wisdom, the world could not, did not know him. So God was pleased through what was preached to save those who believe. It's not by reason or intelligence. It's by the word of God. And to attain knowledge of God and to be saved, that is right with God, is through the preaching of the cross of Christ. It's through the preaching of the message of God coming to a world so lost in sin it could never find him, but would perish apart from him and under his wrath. But God came to that world. That's the message of the cross that Paul's referring to. It seems so foolish, but it's true. God saw the world and came to the world and brought his word to the world in the flesh. And that word came to redeem this world from sin by in the flesh offering up a sacrifice of himself in the place of sinners. To the world it sounds foolish. Many look for more, but this is what God has chosen. Because it's not by intelligence, it's not by understanding or philosophy, but it's those who believe. It's through faith and in the power of working of the word of God. Paul says there are also different ways people might look for power. He says Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. You know, I think Paul kind of hit the nail on the head. There are really only two ways people in this world try to find truth. Some it's by personal experience and miracles. They might say, I'll believe when, when God causes something wonderful to happen and then I've got proof. Much like the people demanded a sign from Jesus. But miracles and personal experience don't create faith. The Jews would strive after it and they would demand signs. And still today, people want personal experience, their own feelings to validate what is truth, but it won't. Miracles and signs cannot create faith. On the other hand, there is those who look for wisdom. The Greeks looked for complete understanding and rationalization. Don't we see that today? If someone's not looking for miracles to validate their faith, they're looking for personal understanding and wisdom, rational understanding. They'll try to reason God out, but it won't work. Reason cannot create faith. 
One will look for wisdom or personal experience. Another will look for wisdom or rationing. rationing. But what we see, you cannot reason it out. Paul says, we preach Christ crucified. doesn't matter if there's signs or wisdom. Those things come, but first, faith must come through the preaching of the gospel. Signs can confirm it. Wisdom can be found in God's word, but the preaching of the gospel is what creates faith. And he says, we preach Christ crucified. That's a, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. If you know someone who's looking for personal experience and you tell them God died for their sins on the cross and the Son, or if someone is looking for trying to reason it out, the incarnation makes no sense. But we preach Christ crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. This is our message. This is our hope. You know, the world will create divisions with its reason. It'll try to pit races, cultures, nations against one another. But Paul says it's altogether different. This might be a message of stumbling or foolishness, but, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Greek. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your culture, your language, or where you come from. What matters is those whom God has called through the gospel. God calls people to faith and has called people to faith from every part of this world, every culture, and across time. He doesn't do it with signs or wisdom. He does it with what the world regards as foolish, the unifying, powerful, amazing message of the Son of God, Christ crucified for sinners, and the power of God of Christ who rose again from death, and Christ who gives the gift of eternal life to sinners who do not deserve it. This is what is not understood by the world, but which is received by faith for those whom God has called. It is the power and wisdom of God. And we have a religion unlike any other, a religion which the world will regard as foolish, but which we regard as the wisdom and power of God in Christ. Amen. Amen.